Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Get fired up. This is the State of Combat Podcast with Brian Campbell. Oh, yeah, this ain't Bendigo, but there was a battle down under. You better believe the SOC deep in your ear hole with the box to break it down. I mean, this is our weekly Boxeo edition, but this might as well be the Jeff Horn, Timmy Zoo instant analysis edition. Your boy BC sliding in them DMs with you along with my co-host. Let's get a short intro here, but you do know. He is a New York Times bestselling author, uh, a featured writer on BetYourAss.com. It is Rafe Bartholomew. Rafe, I'm not going to let you lick it up, but uh, we're I'll lick it up and down like a stamp, baby. Pause on that. But here we go, Rafe. Uh, We thought we thought that Timmy Zoo was going to bite off more than he can chew. But I got I got one word for Jeffrey. Okay, maybe three of them. (laughs) Yeah, right, Jeffrey. No, (laughs) I don't think so. But anyway, it's good to dream, you know. Wow, sent to hell, Rafe. Jeff Horn. Who is that? Who's Jeff Horn? Nobody. Nobody. Rafe, I got so many respectful (laughs) things to say about Timmy Zoo. We're going to get into it in this show. Wow, wow, wow. Um, Do you have any message for all the haters? Our our hardcores. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because I do have a – I have so many different disrespectful things to say about the the haters out there on social media, on Twitter, trying to come at us saying that we weren't giving proper respect – to this down under boxing Super Bowl, honestly, the most fun fight environment we've seen in months because of COVID. And we were planning this all along. You didn't make this happen, folks. Don't think that your pressure online last night made us jump on. We had this booked. All right. So this was going to happen. And just a real man. It, it, that's all. That's all I got. I don't. I got nothing more to say to I you. Know. People are like, oh, you be able to get five minute preview at the end of the last show. First of all, the last show was like three hours. All right. Second of all, we got up early, breakfast at Wimbledon. It's time to get horned, and we are. What other show is going to put their balls on the line, Rafe, and get up at five a.m., watch this crap, and then do a podcast right after? No, but I guarantee you. There aren't many other American boxing podcasts, and there are 7,000 other American boxing podcasts, but 6,999 of yes. them are not treating Horn Zoo like Wilder Fury. Exactly. Wilder Fury, too. We do that because we know what's up. Fourth wall removal uh, at CBSSports.com. I've been pitching all week. You guys want me to write a feature? You want me to write a preview? You want me to do a recap? And they were like, no, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> but I'm I'm still here. I'm still here. All right. I say, hey, I'm doing the IA pod. A lot of different things I could be doing right now, Rafe. Okay, but shots rang out in Australia, and I was ready. And I was just going to Taco Bell, and then I hear some gunshots, and I'm like, all right, uh, I guess Taco Bell can wait. You're damn right it can wait. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes right. you what? Sometimes quiero Taco Bell, Brian. All right, and all you right. you got to go get that chalupa. Look, right? Just uh, throw on the throw on the Kevlar. I'm all for that. Okay, I'm all for grabbing a burger. Uh, 
putting my hand around a pickle. All right. Big pickle, in fact. But uh, there were fights this morning. So understand the pickle boxing is in right now. And it's a big pickle. You did. Oh, yeah. You're damn right. Uh, Rafe, uh, shout out to our viewers, uh, you know, or listeners, whatever, whatever we're doing nowadays. Um, We're back. We're opening the box. But, you know, our obituary, it's been written a few times. They might be right this time. The skinheads are taking over, Rafe. I want to be honest. I want to be forthcoming. I love doing this show. But there ain't no PBC Kate to Kate checks coming in right now. Uh, the skinheads have taken over the island, so to speak, and it's called Fight Island. And um, I want to continue to do this with you. But, uh, you know, there are headlines out there. Morning combat expanding. Showtime and CBS getting in bed together. Luke Thomas joining the team. People are like, well, what does that mean? Um, I'm not ready to die if you're not. I, look, look, I, I am not ready to die, and I have this to say to the overlords there at, at Viacom or whatever company owns all this stuff. Would you rather pay six figures for skinhead commentary or pay zero dollars for Rafe Bartholomew? Because that's, that's, the, that's the deal we're working with okay. right now. That's a good deal for y'all. Because CBS is willing to write about Hanzu. Like CBS Sports. This isn't like, you know, bloody elbow or something. You know what I mean? CBS Sports fucking wrote it. We would have wrote it. They just didn't. They wouldn't let me. Um, but yeah, okay. So what does this mean? Um, I, I look. I, I, I still want to find a home. I still want to find a place. A sweatyarmpit.com that we can slip in this every once in a while, Rafe. Um, it's not going to make you rich. It's not going to get you followers, but it's going to get you some weird friends. Okay, like Alex Godinez, Godinez. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> You you know, you gotta stop giving 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 Godinez the the, the the Kamala Harris treatment, man. You got get it wrong in every different possible way. You mean the Kamala the Ugandan giant? All right. Stop that right, right. there. Stop that crap. All right. <laughs> Campbell's gonna keep going. All right, all right, Rafe. I don't even know why we're here anymore, but because we love the box, we love this sick, twisted sport. And by the way, it's a good. It's a good week to do this show. Uh, Povetkin and Dillian White reminded us why we love this this dirty haw of a sport. Okay, so I'm excited to break that down. Um, how are things over at uh, Bet Your Life? You you doing good? No doubt. You know we're we're uh, we're making money. I I was gonna put money on Povetkin. I mean, I, I we were talking about this. I I called the fight. I thought he was going to win. I, I was planning to drive down to these casinos in Detroit and throw a little little you know cash money on on my my man Sasha Povetkin, but I saw that Dillian White was in shape, and I just don't trust those damn judges. It, I didn't think that Povetkin was going to end that fight like he did, and so that woman judge who had it even, please. That's why I'm upset. All right. Well, good for Sasha. He did not let any woman or man judges mess with his win. Um, I was expecting this voicemail from you after that knockout, by the way. Because you called that shot last week. I said, look, bro, Dillian White going to send this this Meldonium head uh, down below, okay, in the basement, below the basement, the sub-basement of hell. And you're like, nah, bro, nah, bro. I like the amateur pedigree. 
look, uh, I think that would be a little disingenuous because Dillian White was doing really well in that fight also. And it was it wasn't as one sided as people, I think, portrayed it through the first four rounds for White. But clearly that fourth round, he was taken over and starting and looking like he was going to be in control and win that fight one way or another. And so for me to come in here with the full um, who was it? Ernie Holmes. I know this game. I know this game. Uh, I feel like that, that that's not really true because that, that fight could have gone either way and it was ended by just a beautiful, beautiful, perfect shot. Yes, a money shot, if you will, okay? He let the shot go. We're going to get more into that. Um, so, yeah, so full full postscript. Rafe and I will be here in some form. It's probably not going to be called the State of Combat. It might be under the MK flag. It might be called Boxing Bro- Bang Bros. Is that is that name taken anywhere? Uh, I've never heard of it before. I think we could probably use that one. Okay. I mean, it, it kind of fits what we... What we do on this show, if you really think about it, right? I mean, it's not—it's not far off. Bang, 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 bang. Try and stop it. Bang, bang. Here I come. Bang. Maybe we can call ourselves like. Uh, not banging them. Well, you like you like feels the liquid good. Crack. Just going to bang them. So how about Cam Soda? You like the liquid crap, right? Right. That's I don't like said. liquid crap. I like liquid crack. <laughs> is Cam Soda taken by any chance? I don't know. What is what does that even mean? I don't know, but but you know. Yeah. I have huge titties is his top tipper. <laughs> <laughs> We've analyzed the tip and it is the top tipper. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, this may end up being our last show actually off the start of this, uh, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, I don't even care if you review it anymore. I don't care. All right. I don't care if you like morning combat. I don't care if you like me. Okay. But you like the box. That's why you're here. Shout out to some of the box heroes out there, Rafe. Um, who is the, who is that man, Tim, that watches every fight in every country? Who is that? Tim Boxeo is a marvel. I don't know how he does it. I've heard him interviewed on the Boxer at Gray podcast. He sounds like a normal individual. He he he's, he re- references a day job. What the? How does he manage to do this? Uh, putting talk about a schedule. Forget Dan Raphael's great schedule, which has most of the big fights. This guy, Tim Boxeo, has, has finds fights on Facebook all over the world. He's he's posting from Senegal. He's posting every every other day from some part of China. He found the the fight with the Chinese guy who had the tattoo of the naked lady on his <laughs> on his pelvis. What I don't know. I, hats off to him. He is he is up him. And Richard Dwyer, who we now know a little bit more about, are pro- two of the the most. How do they do this? What is their deal? Type characters on the boxing internet. You are the boxing hardcore. You're not regular fans. Right. You're fans who keep track of the sport week to week. So I wanted to shout out some of the names I've mentioned. I'm guessing many of you have never heard yeah, of. Well, you're damn right. Okay, I have heard of. Um, they don't quite okay, ring Rich. a bell. All right, Richie. Uh, I have heard of Isaac Hardman from Down Under. Can't wait to get into that as well. But, yeah, shout out to the heroes like Tim Boxe. I don't even know if you listen to the show. Robbie Rinaldi, uh, all the old Carmine heads, Buffalo Bob, um, you know, uh, uh, of course, Johnny. Sig- hey, Johnny Sig looks like he just looks like a good hang. You think he'll disappoint us? You think he might try no, to touch No, no, no chance that Johnny Sig would disappoint in a, in, like a, in a hang good. situation. Yeah, I mean, I, he yeah. lives in Vegas, all right? He lives in Vegas. Hey, Johnny, this one's for you. Would you like to shake my hand? I'd love to shake your hand. You'd love to. I would love to. Okay, thank you. All right. Shout out to Kurt Esquire. Shout out to uh, 
Uh, <laughs> he's got a great show at the, the boxing biz Kurt Foxeo Esquire <laughs> yeah uh, shout out to uh, Eric Raskin great guy him and I DM each other about Springsteen lately a lot okay I'll be drinking beers in my basement with the headphones on the vinyl is playing and I'm like Rask dude holy crap right Candy's Room what a song Sandy bro what a song does that make me like really lame or just or like regular 42 year old lame I don't know, man. I am so out of. I have. I don't. I don't know jack about Bruce Springsteen, and I, I don't. I don't hold that against. I, I don't, it's not a mark of pride. I am not an educated music person. I I like what I grew up with. I like a few other things I've picked up along the way, and that's it. Okay, okay, that's cool. That's cool. I, I've seen your your high school bedroom. It's uh, it's very uh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, baby, I like it raw. I mean, you you would you probably didn't even own Wu Tang. Uh, CDs. You probably had whatever their original band was, right? We saw what you were doing before you got famous by the hot dog stand. You were probably there, right? Well, well, not CDs. I mean, I did have some cassettes. Did you have uh, rap else? vinyl, hip hop vinyl? Oh yeah, yeah. I collected. I did collect some twelve inches, but actually, I got into that after. You know, I got into that later as a teenager when I was when I was trying to buy the really underground stuff. All right. All right. Well, I wanted to shout I want to shout out ESPN Plus for giving us this incredible Australian card. I want to shout out the the covid protocols down under because they don't seem to care. Ray. If there was like 50K, no masks. All right. I mean, I'm I, I know that looks crazy to us, but from what I understand, they're doing a bit better with the virus down there than than we have here in the States. Now, I believe i've read some recent news about numbers going up so maybe it wasn't the best idea to pile everyone into that arena in queensland for jeff horn versus tim zoo but hell you only live yolo you know what i mean oh, yeah. for that oh, yeah. I'll, I'll catch the rona for, for tim zoo's coming out party that's what i'm talking about uh shout out to zach at delivery underscore man two who of course is the uh the voice behind the unofficial scorecard podcast in australia he was fired up for this to this morning's fight Tom Canfell jumping in my DMs telling me well ahead of time that Tim Zoo was going to win, saying he knows this game. Uh, he was right. I was wrong. I'm the filthy casual. You can have my hardcore card any day of the week. And by the way, shout out to Sexy Surge because he's back with a bang as well. Lot to get into. Big show. Big show today. Oh, no, Rafe. It doesn't stop here. This show may be folding up, but this week we're in your ear hole now. And I got some bonus audio coming your way later this week. Jose Ramirez, Freddie Roach, Victor Postal, Roberto. Jose, what does he become Brazilian all of Robert a sudden? Garcia, uh, South Coast Mitsubishi. I got all the stars on this show. Okay. Thank you. I know you don't do interviews, Rafe. Okay. And I know that you cert, you, you certainly don't do interviews unless you fornicate with the guy first. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. Thank you. It's a, it's a it's a it's a good policy. It yes. gets you out of a lot of interviews. Yes. All right. Now grab your nuts. Grab your handbag. So you know, let's make it happen. Stop running away. Stop making excuses. Put your nuts in your handbag. Let's get to fight. Let's get yeah. to fighting. Okay. Shout out to Eddie Hearn for the great backyard magic that we will break down shortly. Uh the morning zoo portion of this show it has it has has uh, come and gone. Let's, yeah, let's let's uh oh, shout out to uh, you know, a great place to watch a fight, right? Right? RIP Hooters and Campbell, right? Dwyer was back it. on we the He was back on the horn talking about that this week you sent me. And in a fight that I watched from Hooters in Campbell, a place that's no longer with us. Shout it out. With man, some man. fans who 
Watch my videos. Firehive. Cotto looked magnificent. One of Cotto's best victories. Of course, you noticed in the fight, Martinez was operating on one leg. No, no, no. No, no, no. The leg that has healed halfway. One leg. No, 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 Martinez no, no, no. couldn't move. He Homer, lost the fight move. because he was injured. Going injured. into the fight. Where's Homer? Give me Homer <laughs> the and my knee DM. was not responding, the Campeon. <laughs> I'm the, sorry. The knee Did you hear Richard Dwyer mention the word equilibrium or shot anywhere in that beautiful, beautiful soundbite? Say, player, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, all right, all right. Hey, look, we're going to pause. Quick cause. Quick pause. Uh, somebody's going to come in your ear and tell them to listen to their podcast. I think you should, okay? CBS got some great podcasts, including this one. We'll be back right after this. Yeah. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. And we're back, BC Rafe Books, lot to dig into, and we're gonna start that digging down under, brother. Instant analysis style. It was the battle of the uh, the Bighorn. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Is that a uh, real battle? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't in uh, B- Bandingo, but uh, shout out to on the chin Alex McClintock. Great book to read to get you excited about life and Aussie boxing. But this was Timmy's night. No, 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 no. The unproven, untested at this level. Yes, he dropped Dwight Ritchie with a body shot, and the guy never came back. All right, all right, R.I.P. R.I.P. to guy Ritchie. Uh, but Tim Zhu had not been tested on this level, Rafe, and he moves up to face the biggest star in Aussie boxing, the King, former WBO welterweight champion Jeff. Okay, because you're Manny Pacquiao, you don't want to get knocked out and put to sleep by Joe. Haw. Hey, by the way, we had a great debate last week. Would you rather have relations with Danny S. Garcia or Danny with one N. Garcia? Would you rather have relations, Rafe, with Joe Horn of cell phone fame or J.O. Horn? Wait, who is Joe Horn of cell phone fame? Former Saints All-Pro receiver. Oh, man. I don't. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Um, That's tough, man. That is tough. I'm, uh, I'm picking Joanne. All right, Joanna. Yeah, Joanna. you got to go with that. Yeah. Right. Well, just... look. We know this game. Timmy Zoo knew this game. Rafe, you could not. Shout out again for the plus for putting it on. Shout out to 50K in Queensland. Shout out to this event mattering to us this much and being this fun. Never could have predicted that there would be no rhythm. There would be no, no, uh, no. I mean, look, it was, it was a broken method at the end of the day. No pressure. No pressure at all. It was, uh, I mean, there, there was no shooting of anything. Because Tim Zoo was that good. What's your freaking biggest takeaway? Man, 
I am, it's my biggest takeaway. What my gut, what my heart is telling me right now is that, yes, this didn't look like and close to the best version of, of Jeff Horn, but that doesn't matter because Tim Zhu looked that good. I, it's premature. It could turn out to be wrong. I could look like an idiot, but Tim Zhu looked so good, so composed, so mature, set up his shots, did not, was not phased at all by Jeff Horn just running into him and hugging him and doing all the horny type things that we see from Jeff Horn. And, you know, was willing, was able to control him when they held inside, was able to many times turn him and spin him and, and land shots off of those uh, bum rushes. He looked like someone who has a real, real championship level future in the weight category 154 and whatever else is in it. I, I want to see more of him. I think that, I think that he, he looked like the real deal to me. Tell me I'm not. Uh, tell me I'm I'm overreacting if no, I am. Drink the juice. A- analyze the juice. Stip- stick the tip in the juice uh, because this was an, a tremendous coming out party. And I had predicted on other platforms, you know, Horn would walk through him. And if you watch the broadcast, all the legends, right? All the Aussie heroes, uh, Mundine, Dib, Fenich, they're all like, you know. Aussie legend Dib? They're all like, uh. You know, I got Jeffrey by stoppage, you know, and that was what it was supposed to be. And here's what's interesting. Norm, like, you know, Jeff Horn's so easygoing, right? You hit him with a with a low blow. You hit him with something verbally. He's his He always has one response, right? No response. I will respond with my fists in the ring. Um, Ice cold. He had no response in the ring. He had no fists. He, he had no not, answers. Dude, he could. Well, here's the deal. He could not, like, land a jab. It was early. It was it was evident so early on that the speed and technical advantage was wide. That the gap was wide. So when that became evident, because round one was a little surprising, but you're like, okay, Horn's got to adjust now. I thought he was going to go balls out mauling, which he did to a degree, right? We saw the the guillotine choke attempt. We saw the forearm shots. We saw him doing a lot of the stuff that he did to to get Manny Pacquiao all kinds of uncomfortable. But I didn't. Sorry, I'm burping. I'm eating. I'm doing a lot of things you shouldn't do on a podcast. That's <clears throat> probably why that they're trying to cancel the show. But um, Rafe, I would never have guessed in a million years that Zoo had the poise, the poise to stay with the game plan, stay with the technique, and calmly just counter Jeff at every wild leap in. It was those little uppercuts. It was everything you mentioned. It was all clean, short right hands, perfect stuff, and it was early right morning bird call level early that you started to ask yourself like this fight's over right now round two and a half this fight's over bro like that was before the first knockdown this this fight might be over already like like uncle glenn like because you know this school teacher he'll walk he'll walk into an oncoming trap you know he'll well, he'll do that all day you may have to save him because zoo's not going anywhere and I think, like I just mentioned, it was maybe round two and a half where you're like, Tim Zhu is not going to crumble one bit. He's not going to get tired. He's not going to get overwhelmed. He's not going to get forced to counter the dirty stuff with dirty stuff of his own. He's just going to stay in there as the son of a legend and act like his daddy. Only his dad used to walk you down and, and take your soul. He's a little bit different. And I like in the post-fight interview when he said, you know, hey, my name's Tim. It's not the son. Um, 
He's carving his own path. This was a monster win. We make a joke about the Aussie Super Bowls because, you know, oh, it's Horn and the Stripper Part 2. And by the way, jokes aside, Rafe, we do have to revisit. We should do a podcast just rewatching that fight. That fight was a freaking war and a classic. They deliver. This ain't the days of Wash Geel and Gerard Fletcher. This is a, there's a new dawn in Aussie boxing. And Tim Zhu just had a monstrous announcement. That he's not just a domestic player, right? We're not just going to get 50-year-old Anthony Medina up in the bullpen and see if he can sweat off 40 pounds and shape-shift his way to a third boob in the total recall bar and come out reptilian at 154 and some kind of... No, he's ready for world-level stuff, okay? He would send your guy Cheeseman to hell right now, all right? He's well, ready when for did, the when world. Did, when did the Cheeseman become my guy? That is your guy. You are the man who calls Ted Cheeseman fights. Yes, I do. Yes. Um, Rafe, I was like humbled, shocked, surprised, and actually happy. You know, yeah. You know I'm a Jeff that, Horn guy, it, but I was happy that like it was that – like, dude, this was Mayweather Gotti. Tell me it wasn't. This was Mayweather Gotti like holy <laughs> crap, right? So so are we now adding to the Welsh Mayweather, uh, the the uh, New South Wales Mayweather? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, Tim Zhu does not – fight like Floyd Mayweather, uh, and I don't think he will ever call himself the Australian Mayweather. But, yeah, it was, it, even though it was a one-sided fight, even though it was not the guy that we thought was going to win just based on experience and 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 what he, you know, and the level he'd fought at versus the giant leap up in class that Tim Zhu was taking, it there's some there was something special and maybe it just felt special because we woke up at five in the morning to start watching bad Isaac Hodman undercard <laughs> fights and we're just delirious by the time the the main event came on. But I think it was more than that, Brian. I think it felt like a real coming out party, a real statement of someone announcing, hey, I am on the world level. I am not just some Australian guy you can ignore for the most part who will fly over to the States once, give a game effort, get his ass beat and go back and fight Anthony Mundine 17 times, <laughs> which is unfortunately what we, you know, the bias we have as American fans when it comes to a lot of Australian fighters, even Jeff Horn, who we love to some extent, Meets that, you know, fits that that description. Tim Zhu, it it's hard to watch that fight and not believe your eyes that this that even even fighting a version of Jeff Horn, like we'll say it again, I don't think was the sharpest version. He looked slower. He wasn't moving as fast. He looked like he was even kind of having problems pulling the trigger a little bit when like his er, those er, those in the early rounds when he was trying to be active and pressure. It, like you said, no rhythm, no method. It was just broken. And But still, still, Tim Tzu looked so good, and the power was there. Every shot was shaking Horn, who, you know, we've seen him hurt, but we've also seen that the man, you know, will, uh, will do anything to defend his classroom. And, <laughs> God, we didn't even talk about those body shots yet. After the first knockdown, when he starts really – Really focusing on those left that that putting that digging that left in under Horn's elbow and Horn every time backing up, bending over, wincing, Dude, having to take, take a, a knee a couple knee. times. It was brutal. He took the voluntary Kodo knee. That, I mean, Timmy Zoo was that sharp. Holy crap! You're saying, "Hey guys, I know I'm hooked." Up. You know, it's like, "Hey, we just banged." I don't want to tell you I love you on night one, but like it did exist. I'm sorry, I love me some Tim Zoo. We both know it did exist. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Seriously. You, you can say you don't know what I'm talking about, but, but I'm seriously I know, saying it. And you know it did exist. It did exist. He looked that good. And I don't want to hear any excuses because I watched all those interviews. And Jeff Horn all week kept saying, I'm in better shape than I was for the Pacquiao fight. Look, I know he's older. I know he's been through the wars. And I'm going to bring in Prince Nassim in a second uh, to back up the tweet you had. But, like, Horn looked like himself, except for his voice. Did you notice in all the interviews, his voice, even, like... Even before the fight. What was that? Does, it, does he have the COVID and he didn't tell anybody? I say, it sounded like he has, he's, he has some kind of cold. He's sick with something. Hopefully he was COVID tested and came out negative. But he did sound under the weather just based on his voice. Yeah, that's, that's you know, that is... Uh, we should have we hit him with... Uh, Coronavirus. We pray that it be dissolved with healing. With healing. With healing. Your cervix. Your penis. What? Your vagina. What? Your buttocks. Your color. Would you have offered that to Jeff? I mean, you got to be careful these days. Uh, I don't know. It's very, very confusing. This it's danger. danger no? the, the world. The world is danger. Danger. No. Um. So look, that part didn't feel like himself. Uh, but I don't think you can make too many excuses. But on the subject of Jeff Horn, and, and obviously he's 30, what, two? There's, he's been through the wars. He's been there, okay? The problem with him is when he's going to lose, he's still going to be willing to get his ass kicked double in that loss. Um, and he's been through a few. So this is what you tweeted out about Jeff Horn. And to be honest, that post-fight interview guy... It seemed like he just like would wanted to say it, but wouldn't say it. Kept teasing around the circle, kept circling the rim. It's like, dude, send that fist in there already and just say Ugh. it. I know this sounds terrible. I think he should finish. No, that's, that's that too is harsh. too harsh. That seems too harsh because look, there's a period of Jeff's career he hasn't entered the full on shameless shapeshifter period of his career, right? Where oh, there's another Aussie name who's kind of bro- oh hard man. Let me get some of that. Like, look, he's not done. He's not done. He's is is he done? He doesn't have to be, but man, Brian, he think about it. He has now taken how many consecutive beatings? My, you know, some of which he won the fights in, but he has been in so. Uh, speaking of hard men, he's been in so many hard fights. Other than what Mundi, the, the time that he got to fight the shapeshifter himself and I, send him strangely to hell in one round that just didn't make any sense. Uh, but. Other than that, it, the Manny fight was brutal. He took a shellacking when he came over and fought Terrence Crawford. Even the Gary Corcoran win, he you know he took some shots, and and I mean, and both Zarafas, he he got those were brutal yeah. fights, and this one was as bad of, as bad as bad as anything he's been through. I mean, this is rough, man. It's a lot of punishment. It, look, if he wants to come back one more time and see how he looks. See if he see if this was see if this was a fluke or in some not necessarily not not it won't it was not a fluke but see if he can feel better look better be sharper. I think he deserves look he deserves the he has the right to do what he wants. I I believe that I, I will give him the benefit of the doubt in in another shot. But if he doesn't feel and look sharp after that, then it means that he's probably diminished from all of these tough fights. And he then at that point. He has any Aussie fighter in recent years made more money than Jeff Horn fighting Manny, fighting Crawford, getting the big money cash out with Mundine. I mean, Aussie Super Bowls with Zarafa. Uh, he, he, like he, he, they, they made good money 
domestically there. Yeah. He's got to be in great shape. You know Joe Horn runs that household and keeps good – You know, my, remember, my wife Camille – handles the money you know <laughs> joe joe has got them in a good place uh financially I so i like sex <laughs> my wife is dead it's nice <laughs> um, i don't know man i i don't he he's he's been in he's been in a lot of rough fights and he turns Arafa what, into his hello kitty uh uh george groves you know well, you know, I'm interested in this. Uh, do you think what uh, we we don't need to we can backtrack a little if this is jumping too far ahead. But when we talk about the future for Tim Zhu, does he does he now does he start moving to the States? I guess he now on some level has a mandatory or moved up the rankings to to fight for Patrick Shera's belt at 154 or. You know, there's still a pandemic going on. Apparently, things are safe enough to have large crowds at a boxing uh, match in in Australia. Why not stay down under, go into take get into some some dirty Aussie business, fight Zarafa, fight Mundine, do the tour. If, what if he finishes the tour by the time he's 26, and then can come to the states and start fighting world other world class fighters? Well, look, they just fought a junior middleweight, Horn and Zoo. And the featured guy in the co-main event, and you know my guy Zach was in my DMs telling me you gotta look out for Isaac Hodman. Get out of here! And he's a middleweight. I know he only found a fought a six rounder, but he fought a guy who went the distance against Dennis Hogan and Jamie Weech. And apparently Hardman is an ex skinheader, and he made the switch. I mean, maybe that's the next young stud versus young stud, or maybe I gotta, I gotta, I, I, I look, I, I, I have to point out Jamie Weech. I'm proud of him for keeping up the great Australian tradition of terrible, awful <laughs> tattoos. I did mean, Gil was notorious for the for the awful back tattoo. This guy Weech with like the two triple stars on his one on his elbow and one on his shoulder, both looking like they they came off of a trapper keeper. I, this the, I, I I love Aussie tattoos. I think uh, he had the Pam Anderson, Tom Gugliotta barbed wire special in two <laughs> different spots on his arm. There, it was great. It was great. But uh, uh, look, I, I'm a, I'm into hard man. Okay, they're both great guys and hard men. Maybe that's hard a down the road thing. Do you what? Just real quick, Isaac Hardman did what he had to do. He walked this this the Isaac Hardman. Excuse me. He walked we just, he walked JJ Barea down and sent him to hell. But um. Do you think he's like Cheeseman 2.0 or, you know, I mean, he's a domestic guy, right? Hey, uh, look, I, I have no way of knowing. I didn't see anything that really jumped off the screen. He had, he had a nice, you know, catch and shoot counter that knocked out a guy that or knocked down and sent the guy to the end to, to, into the process of being knocked out in the first round. A guy is supposed to knock out. I have no this is this is why. I think we underestimated Tim Zhu going into this fight with Jeff Horn because you see guys like Isaac Hodman and Je and Tim Zhu on the way up in Australia, and you just think, well, I don't know what to make of this. He's just sending sending blokes to hell. I mean, these are bin men. So one day he'll step up, and we'll know then. By the way, this is becoming comical, this whole who is B-side bloke. Is that your burner? 
Is that my burner? Somebody t- t- somebody tweeted that at me the other day. I'm like, you know what? That would have been a great long play trick if I could have pulled that off. Who the hell is B-Sample Bloke already? All right, he uses British terms all the time in our DMs, like Bin Man and, uh, you know, and Cracker. And, and there, he, there's there's pounds. We see pounds instead of dollar signs. Who, who is this clown? Calls fight. He calls knockouts a peaches. Now he, he's you know, he's nervous. Puts a lot of, a lot of Britishisms, but also – knows a whole lot about cities in America that most Europeans don't find themselves in. Seems to know about Tulsa, Oklahoma. Seems to know about Detroit, Michigan. Who's that How guy in L.A., that, that, that expat Brit that you know in L.A.? Maddie. Which, Maddie GS. Maddie Speaks, right? Oh, Maddie Conrad. Yeah, is it Maddie Conrad's burner? Who is? Be I thought you were talking about British Paul for a no, minute. The, God, the, the legendary Maidana fan, British oh Paul. Oh, my God. I wish people could know him. It would be a waste of our time to explain him. But just think of the most drunk guy you ever met who was willing to jump the barricade at Broner Maidana to celebrate with Maidana. Uh, the biggest Maidana fan ever. All right. Thank you. Uh, one more thing on Jeff Horn before we close. Jeff Horn. Who's Jeff Horn? Nobody. I don't. I got so many different disrespectful things that I can say right now. I don't even want to do it because well, I got one more thing. Um, I don't want to take away from what Tim Zoo did at all, but I want to ask this honest question. Did Tim Zoo just have a better game plan than Manny Pacquiao did against Horn's pressure with more videotape to watch? And maybe, uh, you know, a more prepared, traditional, sharper counterpunching style. Or or was Horn a 10 out of 10 in aggression against Manny and a 6.5 out of 10 in this fight? Uh, I see what you're saying. I think the style does make a big difference. That's not uh, – Manny was never going – would never execute the kind of fight that Tim that Tim Zhu fought against anyone in any fight. That's never been his style, right? He's in and out. He's He, he throws his own combinations. He's not looking to counter like that. It's just uh, – it. It just isn't that 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 kind of fight isn't Manny. Now, at the same time, you know, we talk about Jeff Horn looking sluggish in this fight against Tim Zhu. Manny Pacquiao looked about as sluggish as I've ever seen him against Jeff Horn when they fought. What four years ago? That's crazy. Um, three, but so, you know that's fine. Well, oh, is it seventeen? I thought yeah. sixteen, but uh, three years ago, four. Manny is in his forties. Anyway, Brian, uh, I. I Look, I, I I do think that Jeff Horn looked slow. He didn't look sharp. It wasn't the best version of Jeff Horn. But man, that, that I even if Manny had been like old buzzsaw Manny against the big old Jeff Horn at welterweight that he fought, I don't think it would have looked quite the same. I think he would have won more clearly. I think he maybe could have stopped or probably could have stopped Jeff Horn. But it it would have been uh, Jeff Horn would have looked better because he would have gotten more opportunities to get some offense off. And Tim Zhu just – he had every every answer uh, dialed up, whether it was you know tying, tying up Horn whenever he got close and not really letting him work inside. And then also, like we mentioned earlier, sidestepping, turning, basically getting – doing – you know, treating, treating, doing, treating Horn like, like he's the bull and Tim Zhu is the matador. And as soon as, as soon as Horn, you know, got past him, bang, counter with that right. It was, it was beautiful work. Yeah. Hey, hey, Glenn Rushton, take your rubbage, uh, dream theater style and, and retool it already. Do we, uh, do we have to, sorry, do we, I was going to play this man sending Glenn to hell. Do you have a second? Do it. it, You should come back and apologize because you picked that out of your ass and that's absolute rubbish. 
by the way, shout out to that that awesome soap opera in the final few days leading up to this fight. Obviously, the judges weren't needed. Tim Zhu took that out of their hands. But to find out that of the three judges, one was an ex-cornerman of, of Tim's daddy. Uh, and the other guy apparently was overheard at the hotel saying he thinks Horn's going to lose on cuts. And they thought they thought the world was was turning against them. Glenn Rushton, always going to bring an October surprise, so to speak, into fight week. Um, I think we do have to mention, because Glenn Horn, as our British friends say, is all, we've heard this before, this criticism of Glenn Rushton, and it's already pretty loud after this fight, getting some stick over his reluctance to stop that fight, to say, to tell Jeff, you've had enough, to, to take it out of his hands. Even at, when that fight was finished, it was other guys in Horn's corner who went to the ref and said, stop it. Glenn Rushton was still kneeling in front of him in front of Horn saying, I want to hear it from you. Tell me you're done. And Horn, like most fight, like pretty much every fighter wouldn't go there. But I guess our, where, how do you feel about Glenn Rushton? Is he put, did he put Jeff Horn through too much? Did he put him in at risk? Yeah, probably, probably not, not, not. (laughs) That was the Miguel Cotto. Probably, probably. Uh, I, what else can I do? <laughs> this is all I know. Uh, yeah, probably a couple rounds extra, but uh, I don't know. Russian's a weird dude. I mean, to try to change him would be changing the, the magic and the mystery of of the of the dream house and of the uh, the weird um, the rainbow color uh, like lightning bolts that he has painted on the wall in the gym. There, you just you know what I'm talking about. That would, you know, oh yeah, the, the the dolphin. Yeah, he's gonna get uh, that the dolphin fountain. I, I I agree. I think the criticism is fair. I also understand how with a fighter like Jeff Horn, who has you know who has who fights with those big big balls like a tough tough gang member. And who we've seen come back from being nearly knocked out. He has a little bit of Gotti in him. It, it's got to be tough to pull the plug on on fighters who you've you've worked with for his, their entire careers, and you've seen them pull off these amazing turnarounds. Yeah. So I'm gonna give the ball sack of the year award over there to uh, to uh, to Mikey. Gotta give Mikey the ball sack of the year award. Oh, it's a Jeff. Sorry, it's Jeff's night. All right, let's wrap that up. Let's roll on. Uh, shout out to the great Eddie Hearns, Rafe. The fourth and final fight camp card last week on Days In was fantastic. Okay, it was a pay per view in Britain. DAZN picked it up last minute. I mean, of course they should pick it up. I mean, come on. When when is DAZN? I thought DAZN was going to hit us over the head with good fights. I mean, who's Canelo going to fight? Tom, Dick, or Avni? Uh. So here, by the way, DAZN reportedly uh, said hell no to Yildirim. So shout out to them for that one. Uh, Rafe, this card was was great. The Eddie Hearn, Eddie Hearn has won the quarantine. In terms of the, the visual of all these bubble or empty arena fights, and I know Fox is trying hard with the, with the fake pictures of fans on the side. We're seeing, have you seen WWE's new frickin' Thunderdome where there's like screens of fans' faces and people at home live sitting in front of their computer screen? In the crowd, it's you so know, it's like the NBA virtual thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just you could see them better. Where the NBA is a little bit more like distant, you can't really make out who it is. Um, whatever on all that ish. I think Eddie had the best thing altogether, right? The 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 grounds look beautiful. That do you hear that epic music they would play, like the synthesizer as the guys were getting announced? It was like don 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 don. It was like an epic like Hans Zimmer movie. You know, see, see, that's the thing. It wasn't Hans Zimmer. It was good, good boxing synth music it was not weird hollywood strings uh it was great and the fights were great let's hit that main event 
this was seriously, it was one of those, this is why I love this sport, okay? I, I love this game, all right? I love Mike Tyson, and this was one of those moments in the great cliches of, you know, there's boxing and there's heavyweight boxing. <laughs> well, it's true, Rafe, okay? Because uh, Dillian White dropped Povetkin twice and was on the verge of just outclassing him, and it was one beautiful left uppercut from the deep, dark depths and this turned, in some degree, the fortunes of both fighters and maybe the future of the title situation at heavyweight a bit upside down. I put an asterisk next to that because you know how boxing is. Suddenly, Eddie Hearns, the great Eddie Hearns, is getting on the mic going, hey, just talk to Dillian White, and uh, we're going to do the rematch. There's a rematch clause, and uh, we're going to make sure the WBC puts the uh, stipulation back that the winner gets fury. So who knows? But for right now, today... Boxing is full of shit, it man. Is, man. I, I used, used to love this sport. I used to love this sport. I used to commentate on Showtime. Oh, wait, I still do, but I wish... <laughs> um, I love that man, by the way. That was not a shot at our at our, at our guy. That was, you know, R.I.P. To his run there, but I love Paulie. I love me some Paulie. Okay, he'll be back on UK. He'll TV. be back. I love that man. Thank you, thank you. Okay, thanks, Paulie. You still here with us? Thank you, man. At least some people got the score right. Um, shout out to Alexander Povetkin, a man who Rafe has been very good throughout most of his career, but never great. He had that bootleg bastardized WBA secondary title. He fought like hell against Klitschko and the ref wouldn't let him fight. He got sent to hell yet looked good against Joshua. Like he's been there before. He's cheated his balls off most likely, dipping both of them, dipping the whole bag in Meldonium. Yet he's never been great. This is a great win against a dangerous guy on an 11 fight winning streak. And this, I think, you know, this is the mountaintop for him. It's like this didn't win him a championship, but this was a like, how you like me now? You know, y'all must have forgot. I'm still that guy. And it's crazy in boxing because Povetkin probably retires after this if he lost. Yet now he's going to get at the at worst a big money rematch or at best, maybe Tyson Fury. Like, this is wild. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's an interesting quirk because this heavyweight era, while it has been until recently very weak and and Povetkin is really the one of these guys who bridges both eras right he was the 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 guy who was supposed to give Klitschko a good test that didn't really pan out and became one of one of the most infamous and hated on Klitschko performances because it was so it took it took how many it's the 11th round they finally took a point from Klitschko for throwing and leaning and and just really Klitschkoing that up that who was fight that ref who ruined that fight do you remember was it's it? always it's always some guy I don't know so, um <clears throat> but when you look at it when you look at over the years now the body of work that that Povetkin has put together and the, you know, the wins that he has, the fact that he's only lost to Anthony Joshua and, and, and Vladimir Klitschko, Brian, that, that is a really good accomplishment. He's going, he deserves to be known as one of the best heavyweights of this era period. And it is, it's unfortunate that he's probably going to deserve that uh, notoriety without ever having tasted a real world title. But, that's, those are the breaks. It's a tough sport, and there have been, even though it, there were times when it was a really weak era, and we, even now we talk about heavyweights are fun because there's a lot of good fighters, but almost all of them are vulnerable in some way. And and and, and Povetkin hasn't been able to break through uh, to the to, to win a title in that in in the two big chances. But man, 
he's it's just an impressive career and the longevity of it the number of wins i i i, I might I, like look except for all the cheating but it's boxing i mean shoot Get get in line. Who isn't who isn't who isn't visiting a pharmacy from now and then? You know, I like to use the Ripper fuel. And Povetkin, I my hats off to that guy. This this was a great great win at the end of a very very strong career. Yeah, and first of all, if you don't believe that we've been we've been all doing doping from the beginning, you're crazy. And number two, you know, he didn't really ever have like an A win. But he's got a lot of B wins, like a lot of them. And, you know, shout out to AJ Anthony Joshua for recognizing a lot of those after the fight. If you watch Povetkin's knockout reel throughout his career, you know, you've got like the David Price's, the, du- uh, the Jonathan Doofus's. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that win again, that knockout of Jonathan Doofus was fantastic, Rick. <laughs> he sent that Doofus to hell. Yeah. Back does, to the does, fishing farm, buddy. <laughs> where does that rank in the all time Dwyer mispronunciations, right? <laughs> right. And the story. Clouds are out on Gervonta Davis. From Gervonta <laughs> to uh, Urioris uh, to Clitoris, uh, you know, what's your favorite? Okay, so Dwyer look, look, Dwyer's mispronunciations are more epic because you could tell Dwyer is preparing his YouTube videos. He's, I think he writes portions of them. You can see, you could track his eyes going back and forth to the screen in front of him. So the fact that he is preparing these, this is not AJ off the cuff. I mean, most a lot of us will forget Johan Dualpas's name <laughs> if we have to remember it uh, all of a sudden. But this this Dwyer's mispronunciations, Alphonse Funfar, they come out of the middle of nowhere. They, and, folklore has it that Carmine Bastillo after a fight. <laughs> I mean, you know, the great Bastille himself, Carmine. Man, I, I, I couldn't believe he beat Sugar Ray Robinson. <laughs> wow. Jacobs is a puncher, right? Boxer, puncher. Think Sugar Ray Robinson. That's what we learned from Di- Dwyer. You think Sugar Ray Robinson, you think Danny. You think Floyd Mayweather's left hook, you think Caleb, right? I mean, that, oh, that's Danny's music. Yeah. When I when I think when I see Sugar Ray Robinson highlights, I'm like, oh, is that Danny's music? Exactly. Is that Danny? Danny's the kind of guy who's 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 running to the fight. He's like Bullet catching Sander, a cat. Thank you. Okay, enough of that Dwyer messing around there. Uh, look, just a fun win, a great win. Um, Dillian White has a stick. Do you do you say anything negative about White taking this chance? I mean, look, it's a payday. It was a big pay per view main event, but you know he has the chance to lose. That thing, he's been the, he's been the avoided guy. He's the guy who had to go the alphabet route to get to the doorstep of a title shot. You know, he, he, yeah, he fought AJ before AJ was champion and fought great before getting knocked out. But, you know, he may end up not getting to Fury. Well, yeah, at this point, I think it's probably, it, I'd say it is as likely or more likely than not that he won't get to Fury or that he may not even get another full title, a shot at any title, depending on how his career goes from here on out. Uh, I, I see it both ways. I, I don't, I don't know if I have a, a strong feeling about it because I'm, I think it was pretty clear and you, you know, the WBC, they're not, they don't care. They're not going to follow their rules. They, he, he, he was for more than a thousand days, their top ranked contender. They elevated Dominic boobs, Brazil for that stupid fight against Wilder. Uh, it was, it, so he, I, I think on some level, I personally, I, I appreciate the way that Dillian White 
went about his business and said, you know what? F these guys. I am going to keep advocating for my shot, but I'm not going to sit around and wait and let my my best years go to waste and not gain experience in the ring because someone is telling me it's the smartest business move to wait for my shot. If he And maybe he would have gotten it, but they still would have made him wait for at least a year, more than a year. And they and, and most of the time, he was never ele- elevated to a true mandatory. He was just the, the number one contender. Why he couldn't become a mandatory at that point never made any sense, but it's never going to make any sense with the sanctioning bodies. And to me, it just... it, it, it I, I would rather see a fighter do what Dillian White did. And look, we also see the flip side of it with this fight. He's winning a fight and he gets knocked out with one shot, a beautiful, beautiful setup punch. And, and that's it. He loses his mandatory position. He's got to build himself back up. He has to, he has to recover from being knocked out like that mentally. And yeah, he's said all the right things so far, but we don't really know how he's going to recover until we see him in the ring again, whether it's with a rematch against Alexander Povetkin or, or if he tries to build himself up more slowly, there's all the, those are all the business reasons not to do it. But I appreciate that he, that he put his balls on the line so many times and made a lot of great fights and, and won all of them until this one. Yeah, good, that not, good for him. Was bananas. It really was. That's that. I mean, that could be your knockout of the year for all. It is. Right. It's got to be right now. I don't care what anyone else says, Brian. Um, talk. I, talk to me a little bit about that uppercut. It to me, it was. It was. I'm talking about. You know, I like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, baby. That uh, and this is a comparison that everyone has made already. But it was almost the perfect version of the kind of uppercut you would see in Mike Tyson's punch out on NES where the guy coming at you, your little Mac, you got your little bitch ass jab and the guy coming at you dips to the side, boom, comes up. And if he catches you, you're flying back. And even the way that white went down was like the video game where it's like he, he flies up in the air, pauses for a second with his toes pointed to the ground and then goes back all it's just flat on his back and it's like um it was beautiful man it's such a credit to his technique his patience i mean he was getting his ass kicked yet he still was able to land the perfect shot and again i don't want to overstate it but i want to celebrate it that was one of those like when i used to work at espn right i used to work a lot of overnights uh crappy job basement floor work till 4 a.m work overtime not get paid for it but there was you know we had a boss yelling at us calling us swear words and stuff yet there was this one dude in the newsroom anthony and whenever sports would happen right like we'd all be like oh man we're not getting paid enough this job sucks and then like the college hockey championship game would go into overtime on some sick goal and he would just stand up and scream sports sports and it was like everything in your life at that moment the work you had to do the anger you had for where your career was at the you're mad that the boss just swore you out you hit pause rafe because sports happened and you remember that's why i'm in this game that's why i'm willing to take this crappy job that's why i do this right remember that boise state college football championship game or not championship, but that bowl game with Oklahoma, Statue of Liberty. Remember that? That was sports, Rafe. You know what I'm talking about? This, you remember that game, right? Zabransky, no. Jared Zabransky, you don't remember that game? The fourth down, the hook and ladder, and then the, no? Okay, sorry. Um, well, you From know, New York, man. We don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up. Uh, 
this moment when Povetkin hit that shot, it was like I wasn't a journalist anymore in that moment. I was just a fan. Sports, Rafe. Okay, that was a sports moment. All right. By the way, I often rank my top five sports moments. You want to hear them? Yeah, please. This is where, like, you remember where you were and the emotion of just being a sports fan was never larger. Number one, Kirk Gibson's home run off Eckersley, game 180. How dare you? How dare I hate Kirk Gibson. So do I. I was a Mets fan. I I hate Oral Hershiser. I hate that team. I I was so down for the 88 Mets. I love me some Daryl Strawberry and Doc Gooden. Hurt the biggest. My worst loss as a sports fan is still is still Game Seven of the '88 NLCS. Hershiser six to nothing shutout. Still my worst loss ever. Hershiser made me hate Oral. <laughs> well, I, I yeah, look. I think you could let that one go if you All haven't right, anyway, if you haven't already. Um, I don't believe what I just saw is what happened. Okay, Kirk Gibson hit that home run. It was ridiculous. Number two, Leitner shot to beat Kentucky final eight ninety two NCAA tournament. How are all of your favorite moments like when the 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 worst annoying teams it won about, when you knew they were going to win and you hated them and ah. because it wasn't about my teams, my job, my fantasy player. It was about sports, right? Okay, you know what I'm saying. Number three, that Boise State game, which you don't remember and you don't care about. That's fine, okay. Number four, Manny Pacman Pacquiao getting sent to to the to the to the basement of the earth. There. In the fourth Marquez fight, right? I mean, you were there. Like, that was that was sports. Right that was there, sports. Okay, I forgot what my fifth was, but shout out to whatever it was. Okay, thank you. That's all I got for you on that. Uh, this co-main event, you know I was jazzed for it. Irish TV had me on for like a half hour to preview this thing. Delphine Pursun, that rabid raccoon, got a second chance to walk into oncoming traffic against the great Katie Taylor. And Rafe, let's be honest. Let's let's actually like I know you want to say, uh, hey, make me a sandwich and maybe I'll watch your fight. All right, I know what you're saying. You know, like you've suffered through suffrage, succotash to get to this point. But um they deserve this platform. I think they elevated the sport, and Katie had legitimate questions to answer because I thought Pursun won that first fight of can't she handle this? ridiculous this person who is so Rafe I want to at some point in my life I hope somebody says Brian Campbell was as committed to either this cause to this love of his family to sports to his friendship with Rafe as much as Pursun was committed to like walking into punches and, and trying to win that fight she is amazing in fact there's something am I wrong here there's something oddly like attractive about her relentlessness is that weird I don't look, man. I was just watching the fight. All right. Anyway, not... Katie dug her heels in this time. It was a great fight. Corey Erdman thinks it's the fight of the year, this rematch. Okay. Last yeah, year, good, good their, for him. their first fight was in contention for that. It was that good. I was there at MSG. Why does it, why does it, why does they, why does he want to disrespect women's boxing by making them get a fight of the year during this pandemic? destroyed year when there was no other good boxing why why would he do that i normally don't do interview with women unless i fornicate with them i don't know but um here's the deal uh katie taylor this time she had an answer for that pressure she early on the movement the the stick of the jab the combinations like she fought brilliantly yet pursuing still kept common and still made it a fun fight. It's like I Jason love- Voorhees, man. I mean, that, that it is, it is, that is what she has one of, she put in one of those willpower performances where, while taking and doling out so much punishment that it really was breathtaking. Kind of, I, not, not, not the fight really reminded me of it, but 
just the, the in terms of willpower, just crazy, like you said, rabid raccoon, Jason Voorhees, still here type vibes. Got me thinking back to that lightweight fight with Omar Figueroa against Nihito yes, Arakawa. Yes. And the guy was just, he's still there. That, that little bastard would not go away. For a shout out to Figueroa's older sister, by the way, shout out to her. Um, I, I'd love to join that gym down there in Texas. Number two, Rafe. Um, I'm sorry, it's true. It's true. While I was watching this fight, and, you know, I got horny. Okay. <laughs> did you forget you were fighting? I forget, or did man. you just love your man, wife so much? Man, I, both. <laughs> this fight. Here's why this fight was great. One, it was a great fight. Two, Taylor got elevated because she did what she had to do. Three. Pursuit's still a hero in my book, and I need to watch whatever part of the globe she's she's fighting on next. And four, I w- I think I'd move to Belgium and let Delphine Pursuit defend my cité. Like this is like this was great. You, this was true or false? I know people like Corey Edmund can write great narratives. This was a boon to the women's boxing game. I don't even, look. I, I I'm I'm not here to diagnose. Oh. Boxing needs to be fixed or women's boxing needs to be fixed. It was a great fight on its own terms. And one thing that it was that sometimes you don't see with – look, we all want to support the growth of women's boxing. So when there is a decent fight like there was uh, a week or two ago with, with you know Jessica McCaskill beating uh, Cecilia Bracus, there's a lot – oh, close fight, very competitive. Blah, blah. No, yo, I don't care. That shit was boring. Um, this was, a this was the kind of fight that makes fans, it makes you fall in love with the sport if you already do, uh, or well, makes you love it more if you already do, makes you fall in love with it if you don't already. And, and that's, it was just a straight up on the merits, awesome fight, a great contrast of styles, fun rematch. And, and I, I wanted to ask you something, Brian. Um, I heard this on the Kurt Esquire podcast. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Kurt, yeah, Mr. Emhoff. Yeah, attorney, yes. attorney Kurt, Emhoff. Kurt, yes. Boxing Esquire with Kurt Esquire. Um, <laughs> he had he had manager Scott Schaefer on, and Schaefer was saying, and this goes to the the two or three minute round debate. Did, she, did Schaefer boxing. say? Uh, let me first say something, Kurt. Let me. Yeah, uh, it's different. It, it, no relation to Richard. Scott Schaefer is asking, "Do you think?" That if they had three minute rounds, that Pursuit stops Taylor because Whoa. Taylor was getting gassed, looking a little bit weary late. Pursuit keeps co- she's got that motor; it don't stop. Do you think that she margaritos her oh my, if think, that fight has three to minute say rounds? Tony was coming on in the rematch in, in MSG. You know he was coming. You know Steve Smoker didn't want to stop that fight. No, I can't wait for the whole card, but that fight. But after what just happened there, has got has got my balls tingling. I was tingling the whole time. I, I think you might be right. I think you might be right about that. I, I'd like to just go to three minutes. All the women seem to want to do that as well. It's it's robbed Clarissa Shields of some knockouts. Let's be honest. She's not a one puncher, but it's probably robbed her of some stoppages. I wonder if this fight would have been differently because Pursuit's just next level. There's just some next level-ish with her. And you know what, Rafe? She's not... She's reckless, okay? I mean, she's absurdly reckless. I mean, she's she lives her life like those people, like those ex-gamers who do, like, backflips off of mountains with parachutes on their back. Like, that's how she lives her life. But there's some craft in there. Like, she lands some sneaky hooks and stuff. So, yeah, I wonder. I wonder. But uh, I love the humility from both afterwards. Pursuit's like, you know, I thought I won the first fight, but this fight, Katie's the better, la- you know, the better lady. So, wow. Wow, I love it. Thank you to the great Eddie Hearns. 
That was great theater over the weekend. Rafe, sorry to keep this train moving, but we're like two hours in already. Pretty long, and yeah. I have to ask you your thoughts on this awful Fox main event. Um, Sean Porter went 12 rounds with babyface Sebastian Formella. Uh, he did some Sean Porter things. He dominated. I mean, in fact, he landed the most punches he ever has in a fight. Formella, to his credit, was a little crafty and just had some balls. He took shots. Um, we find out afterwards two things that aren't great. One, it's the lowest rated Fox card ever, and it's like 800,000 people. Kind of rightfully so. Although, look, I, I expected Porter's star value to maybe bring more. But two, Formella made 25 grand for that? Good lord. People are trying to save money these days. Yeah, that is that. Oof. 25 grand is rough to be on a main event on Fox, uh, even if it was only in front of 800,000 people. Uh, I guess that's why we're seeing opponents who we know have almost no chance of winning, like Formella going in. Even though, look, Formella was an Olympian. He was, you know, a, a decent European level fighter. Like he's a bin knows man, what he's doing. Right? He's a freaking bin man. Get it. Right. And he was, and he was brave. But he, did, he, yeah, there was no competitive basis for making this fight with Sean Porter, other than we needed to find someone who's willing to take twenty five thousand dollars to fight a top five or maybe what top three, top four welterweight. Uh, so this, yeah, it, that that part is disappointing. I don't look the, the ratings. Ratings are down for everything in sports on TV, other than the the, the disaster of political television. Uh, ratings are just down across the board. And boxings, uh, I've read some interesting commentary. There's reason to be concerned. They might be down worse than others are. Dana is killing it with the skinheads. Great for them, but. What can you yo? Know, this, this is the hand that that the world has been dealt right now. This is the hand that the sport has been dealt right now, and yeah, we're gonna get some crappy ass main events, and this was one. We got another one coming up with Lara this week, right? Yeah, get Greg Vendetti. Come on, come get me. You know, I've had a great run, right? If the coronavirus is what's going to get me, let's do it. Bring yeah. it. I'm ready, Corona. Uh, speaking of Dana, real quick, because I'm going to forget if we don't do it now. Um. A topic I'm not willing to discuss this week is Oscar at 47 coming back because we've discussed it a lot. And I'm just like, I mean, he wants to fight a Charlo. Like, get on with yourself. Stop it. OK, Oscar was a freak. We know that. Did you hear when Dana was sending everyone to hell Saturday night after that uh, fight night card at the press conference when they asked him about Oscar? Last one. I'm a good friend of yours. Oscar De La Hoya has announced he's coming out of retirement to box again. I just wondered if you had any. Cocaine isn't cheap. Expensive. Got to make money. Thanks, Dana. Yep. Uh, meet me on the low, Rafe. <laughs> you you were telling me, Brian, that people were offended by this. Now, I agree in polite company as offensive. It is not a good practice normally to make light of addiction, which is serious. Lots of us struggle with it or have struggled with it in mild and major forms. So, uh, sure, I understand that point of view, but come on, how? Like, first of all, Dana White would that would make that would rank maybe in the top three hundred of most offensive things he's ever said. <laughs> uh, he's probably said at least twenty worse things about Oscar De La Hoya. And get in line, uh, who 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 in boxing at this point hasn't made an inappropriate booger sugar joke about oscar or john skipper or any of the or david benavidez or any of the people who enjoyed a booger sugar but this is what i got for oscar i got fish 
Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Speak to Angel. Get up early with the morning bird call. How good is Angel? Talk to Angel. How good is Angel at the end going, thank you? You know, like, like polite. That's very polite. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. All right. I have stolen that from him. I probably abused that too much. Uh, back to what matters or didn't matter. Uh, yeah, that Formella fight is trash. That co-main event, though, your guy, the man who puts the fun in the towering Infano. Sebastian Fundora was in a real fight against Nathaniel Gallimore. Only nobody told Fundora this ain't going to be an exhibition. I don't know if that made any sense. He kicked the crap out of him and he stopped him, Rave. Um, uh, amazing. I mean, I, I had started to lose hope in Fundora as a meaningful contender or contender to be after that Jamonte Clark draw when he didn't seem to have a lot of ideas of how to how to deal with a guy who was going to box him and make it hard for him. Uh, and man, he just put a whooping on on Gallimore, who we've even though he had lost, what, three or four he had he, he it was all against good competition he had that win over jason rosario years ago this was this seemed like i thought it was a trap fight i thought it might be the end of the road hell no man you got to you know, take samson lukowitz that man uh. talk about someone who has the right to get on any broadcast and any podcast and say you got to listen to me when i tell you i know this game it's samson lukowitz he knows that game um bitch you know what he wants. Um, Samson, every time I see him, I always say, where are the chains? And then I forget that he doesn't wear the Mr. T chains anymore because of uh, what's his name's uh, Magomed Abdusalamov. He stopped wearing the Mr. T chains after going through the Magomed situation. So I respect that. But number two, I always go, hey, Samson, people forget. You found Manny Pacquiao. He did. Rape. No one forgets that. That's the first thing every, in every article. That's the first line to describe him. Who forgets that? Uh, uh, people, people, white people. Yes. Okay. White, white people. They don't because they don't know s about boxing, Brian. Yes. Kill whitey. Thank you. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, Rafe. He. Uh, he's. By the way, he just recovered from a health scare. So shout out to Samson and 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 his son Nathan and uh, great family there. All right. Uh, Rafe. Uh, what the hell was I? It's Fundora legit though, because this was a legit win. So I'm going to tell you some fifty fours. That and I want you to just say yes or no from the idea of could he win, not would he win, could he win? Are you ready? I am. I was born ready. Ted Cheeseman. Yes. Wash JSK. Yes. Brian Castaño. No. Tim Zhu. No. Isaac Hardman. Yes. All right. Um, is it time to um, call up our retired friend right now? Is it time? Which one? You know, uh, can you can you buy me some time while I look on the soundboard? Um, I'm trying. We have so many retired friends. So many so different many. disrespectful <laughs> retired friends. I've got so many um, different pages on this uh, soundboard. Can you? One, can you? Weight category one five four. Yeah. We're talking. Can you leave uh, my friend alone, please? Ara is still there. Please oh, the, the rooster? Yes. Wow. That might be the fight that gets him off the skunk and back in the gym, bro. I guess. Look, if you can throw enough money to, to, to bring back the rooster, I am, I'm down for that. Look, the rooster could fight Tim Zhu. The rooster could fight anyone at weight category 154, and I will be there along with all of Tehachapi. 
Blair Cobbs, uh, but Blair if he Cobbs, says he's retired, then he's retired. Blair Cobbs have a chance against Fundora? Blair Cobbs is a, not a very big one for seven. I don't know how he would do against Fundora. I would pick Fundora. One thing, Cobbs likes to get on that bike, and and he'd at least make Fundora chase him a bit. But I don't know how. I know, I know. I I I take Fundora in that pretty wide. All right, all right. Uh, your boy Joey Spencer did something else too. Uh, whatever. All right. Um, he turned. I think he turned sixteen. I think that's what. Happened. Shout out to Spencer Gifts. Yeah, well, dude, Spencer Gifts was a wild place to spend a half hour at the mall when you were a kid, right? Never buy anything, look at everything, <laughs> laugh at all the boxes. Because they always had that dirty corner in the back that you'd like, you'd slowly make your way to, but you'd stop at the weird posters first, you'd, uh, you'd work your way around uh, t-shirts, they always had like bobbleheads before anybody else did, uh, what else, what would you buy there? I never told you I didn't didn't buy oh, a goddamn tri- thing. But like whoopee cushions yeah, and gum. little yeah. like the fake turds, yeah. Uh, yeah. fart yeah. bombs, it all it, like the, those little snap things. Yeah, I, you know it kind of always smelled weird in there too. They should bottle that. I wish you could bottle the smells that we had as a kid. And uh, yeah, all right. You grew up in the city though. I didn't know they had Spencer Gifts in Manhattan. I never saw one in Manhattan, but I was allowed to leave the city on occasion and and did. And I, I probably got into inside of a mall outside of New York City maybe five times as a youth, but I did see the Spencer Gifts and it made an impact. Uh, the other fight card of note this past weekend on ESPN Plus. Look again, hey, shout out to Evan Corn, small man. He's a ginger. You refused, you refused to follow him on social media, uh, but his people put on a great card. The plaster of the local council, Rafe. I'm sorry. I think it's time to go full time. Joe Smith Jr. sent Elider the Storm Alvarez to hell through the ropes, B-hop style, in a fight that he was winning handily. Rafe, I did not think Joe Smith could author a complete performance this great. His tats look good. He was in great shape. He's kind of a handsome dude, too. Like, shout out to Joe Smith for kind of turning this thing around. That was a great win. A great one. You got to listen to me when I tell you, Brian. I know this game. I know this game. Look, did you he, call what, it? He, what? You called it? I can't remember exactly how I said. I'm, I think I hedged a little more than I should have, but people were giving me credit on Twitter, so I must have said, must have sounded more confident in Joe Smith than than my hedges uh, literally uh, suggested. But look, this is the thing: I've never been that high on Elader Alvarez. He He's obviously a contender level fighter. But other than that win over Sergey Kovalev, and again, that was a fight he was losing, and he landed a great shot against a guy who now we know doesn't have great punch resistance, doesn't really have much of a chin. Great. He got that knockout. Good for him. He lost that belt right away. I don't care that he beat Michael Seals. Elida Alvarez, I would say if you there are a few high-level fighters that you can count on underachieving and dis- and looking disappointing or like less than you expected in the ring every time they fight in the lighter Alvarez, whether it was against that uh, when he fought Isaac Chalemba, when he fought Boutte, none of that. He never looked good to me. He, I mean, he never looked special. Um, and Joe Smith, yo, that guy comes out. He, he, I, I, there was a chance that he was just going to get straight outboxed like he had against, say, Sullivan Barrera, Dimitri Bivol. That is possible with Joe Smith. But he's getting better. He's getting more confident. And you know, he put it on him. He, he, it wasn't uh, – early on it was just I'm going to march forward and throw these giant one-twos. But then 
as the fight developed, he was landing sneaky uppercuts inside. He he you know he he looked really good. I don't know what it means going forward, but it was a great win, and he's having look. We talk about all this Clay Collard fighter of the year stuff. If we could say that for Clay Collard, shoot, you could say it for Joe Smith with wins over Jesse Hart and Elider Alvarez, ooh, both upsets. Ooh, I like that. So what is his end game? And I don't mean cash out end game. I mean, what's his big fight? What are we? Well, so about? here's the thing. He's already lost to Bevel, who is one of the title holders. He is supposed. So I guess if the other, this was sort of like a four man tournament for the vacate or the the title that Kovalev lost, and then. Uh, and then Canelo vacated last year. So he beat Alvarez. Now he's supposed to fight the winner of Maxim Vlasov versus, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Umar Salamov for, for the title. But who knows when that other fight will happen. If it does, then that's, then, then he can get his hands on a belt. I think that would be nice. And I think that's a winnable fight. I would wait for that if I was Smith. Now, there's some people saying, oh, great opponent for Artur Beterbiev. Throw him right in there. Look, no, 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 if no, they no. do that, we're going to see these limitations right away. Right effing way. I know face. people are like, oh, it'll be fun while it lasts. I don't know. I think Beterbiev is, is a big, big, big level up. Is is he is Joe Smith a top ranked guy or is he like one of those DeGuardia? He's a Joe DeGuardia guy. He's a, he's a, he's an Algeria guy. See, I wonder if this means they should take him seriously now. And what that means is rather than use him as an opponent, you know, shine him up a little bit. Yeah, get him you know, to get him some bubble. cans. Let look. No, I don't no, mean okay. cans necessarily. I mean people that will help make him famous. And in there is a location where you can find people like that, Rafe, okay? Well, he belongs on my crime channel here on uh, YouTube. Ah, thank you. That's okay. exactly where I was going. Preach. Sergei Kovalev. Damn yes. right, okay? Right? That fight that, would bang. That fight would bang. It'd be really interesting because Kovalev has, was still, we've seen his jab is still very effective. And that was what Alvarez was not using effectively enough to keep the distance between him and Joe and Joe Smith you Jr. Canelio so, Alvarez or Storm Alvarez? Uh, Storm Alvarez. Oh, okay, because Canelo fought against Kovalev and, and was victim to his jab for seven rounds. I guess yes. Uh, yeah, I was talking about in the Alvarez Smith fight. Alvarez was what didn't wasn't you know using his jab enough or or effectively enough to prevent Joe Smith from coming in and just beating up on him and. Kovalev, I think, could do that, but at the same time, his punch resistance looks worse than ever, and his stamina does, looks bad. You, we know that rounds like eight through twelve for Kovalev are always going to be a a bit of a crapshoot, or just you, you, anything could happen, right? I mean, Anthony Yard almost had him out, uh, and and in any case, that would be a fun fight where I don't know who I think would necessarily win, but yeah, and, and if Joe Smith did win. And he probably would win by knockout given his power, and and, and he probably isn't going to get a decision over Kovalev. Ooh, that would definitely build his profile up. Yeah, I would like that a lot. Uh, shout out to last weekend. There's one name that we didn't mention, though, and that's the comeback we waited for. And it wasn't on TV. It was hard to find. But Sexy Sergio fought uh, – I, I have a fight with a Spanish guy – and Rafe, he won. And I don't know where to go with this. The former middleweight champ at what, 45, 46? Um, the knee responded. He kind of looked like the guy of old. The competition level wasn't high. He did get a stoppage win. 
And now we got Sergio firing shots at Chavez Jr. And I feel like we're going to get there. Look, if, if they get there, that seems like a safe enough fight where both of them can make money. Good for them. Uh, I, I, I didn't, I, I, I was happy to see Sergio look as good as he could in that situation. Got the knockout win, still has power, still has some hand speed, still has good upper body movement. I don't know if I would go as far as saying the knee was responding, Brian. You did not see any of the the vintage, and not that you would expect it to see at age 45 after several years out of the ring anyway, but I don't think that we did see any of the classic Sergio Martinez lateral movement, the speed, the that that kind of that thing that made him a next level fighter. And I don't think that's coming back. Now we know Dwyer thinks that this was uh, a pretty, a pretty meaningful performance. I'm not willing to go there yet. Um, the, does he think he's the master of the back foot? Actually, he's more of a front foot fighter, right? Did you hear much of that? He think he was, he immediately threw Martinez into discussion with Benavidez saying, yeah, he's no, like no, trying no. to get our company no, no. murdered out serious. here. You look, you want to do a, a, an Oscar fight. You want to do, right, if you want to fight shooting. a guy over an eight ball, talk to Oscar, not Benavidez. <laughs> <laughs> Holmes, you're in the wrong part of the street right there. Uh, Rafe, um, I'm a little sad about this though. I'm really sad. And then this day and age of boxing streams and like, the plus picking up horn zoo for us. Like I didn't get, I, I didn't end up giving this fight the love afterwards. I, I skimmed the highlights, but like how the hell was this fight not televised or handled differently? I get that Sergio doesn't speak English, that he's not an American star, but he's basically a hall of famer. And he was like one of the three best fighters for a while. How is the zone? The plus? Well, simple answer, Brian, it didn't happen here in the States. And it wasn't carried by a U.S. promoter. MTK, pick up that crap. Uh, even like Showtime, my brethren, like put it, send that shit to L.A. Showtime used to put stuff on YouTube. Why not just do that? I'm just saying that should have had, we should have known like the story around that fight, the interviews coming in, the, all that. And it was kind of sad to not have that. It was what it was. He, he didn't look like a killer. He won the fight. Whatever. I just want the knee to respond. If he wants to do old guy fights, that's fine. You need you to go pee your pants. Why don't I pause the show? All right. Thank you. And we're back. Rafe Bugs is uh has uh flushed. So here we go, Rafe. I, I believe. Did you flush yet, Rafe? I can't remember. I hope so. I feel like a new man though. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Hopefully we can get going and get this this the show back on the rolls. So. All right. Uh, Rafe. Um, Good. I wanted to, I wanted to love Sergio more. Whatever it was, what it was. I want to correct two things on the record. Oh, sorry. Uh, it, with when Martinez continues, um, if it's a like, what network is going to be invested in him? Anyone? You know, if he fights Chavez Jr., who's going to pick that up? Does that have days in written all over it? Yeah, that does have days in written all over it. Uh, especially because they're they it appears that they're trying to pivot to a more international global strategy. So. Yeah, that would be a fight they could put anywhere. They could do in Spain or in Mexico or in the States somewhere and sell that to, to, to Spain, hope that they get some subscribers from Mexico. Do I, you know, basically it does make sense for, uh, DAZN, especially since they, it just seems like who, uh, I don't know. Chavez last worked with with Eddie Hearn and DAZN. It seems like it makes sense. All right. I just want to say this just to say it, just to get it out of the way if anyone's thinking it. What are the percentage 
chances, the percentage chances that Sergio Martinez goes to his answering machine and here's uh, and here's this. Poloki, you are next, my friend. Is there any chance the zone says, eh, let, let's let the old lineal champ fight the new one? Um, I think there's a chance that the zone might go for that, even though they, I think as a bargaining position, they've been trying to be pretty stingy about the opponents they would approve for Canelo. I honestly hope that if it, if that fight occurred in the United States, it would not be approved by a respectable U.S. boxing commission because there's no no justification in the world why a 45-year-old former champion should be stepping in so soon with Canelo Alvarez at this point in their careers. Um, but I think would DAZN maybe go for that? Who knows? Why not? It does have some name value. Has more honestly has more name value than some of the better fighters who will be available. Uh, but I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, I did I did hear that Sergio is the angle. The angle he's working, if all goes well, is to get a big money fight with Ryota Murata, uh. which would put him on ESPN in Japan. All right. Look, if, if you if you have to lose to a middleweight sort of champ, Murata is probably safer than some of the others. I just don't want to see Sergio uh, like fight a Golovkin and get sent to hell. I hey, um, have you thought about creative matchmaking for Sergio? You know I haven't saying? gone deep down this rabbit hole. What do you what what is on your mind? I mean, it, it sounds. Sounds bad if you had to pause that long. It is sort of on brand for the show today, okay? And I don't have it. Okay, um, let's talk. Talking Jeff Horn? Yeah. Let's talk Jeff Horn. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Washed on wash crime. We do it at Suncorp in front of 50,000 with no masks. The, for, the former middleweight champion of the world against the second biggest star in Australia. What do you got? What do you think? And, and, Huge pizza eating middleweight Jeff Horn. Um, yeah, I'm down for that. I am okay. down for okay. that. Thank that you. circus. I am definitely at least into somebody it. got the score right. You can hotten up, uh, Duco events on the line one. Uh, by the way, when he said bang it full of quarters, I didn't know he ended with you soft cock. I don't oh, have boy, that. Look, he's, he's saying, Bud, you're not a hatch cock, my friend. You're yeah. a soft cock. Wow. Wow. There's going to be a lot of cock blocking tactics coming on here. Yeah, cock blocking is going to be tactical cock blocking. Is going to be the name of this game. All right, let's bring this 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 jam home. Um, here we go. Uh, I want to correct the record on a couple of things I was wrong upon. One, I don't know if I said that earlier or that was offline, but uh, Robert Garcia is training Jose Ramirez. Freddie Roach is training Victor Postal. I had that backed up when I talked to you earlier. Two, uh. Tim Zoo was actually the betting favorite, even though all the old Australian experts picked Horn, as did we. And three, I didn't read this two days ago, but in light of that Povetkin knockout of Dillian White, Mar- Mar- Mauricio Suleiman, who will change the rules on anything, came out and said the WBC will not get in the way of Tyson Fury exploring the Anthony Joshua fight should he defeat Deontay Wilder in their in their trilogy. So that basically means that this whole WBC mandatory, White, Povetkin, will they rematch? It doesn't matter because that's not next. The timeline has been broken by Povetkin getting the upset. That is true. And while I am happy that it means we are likelier to see uh, 
Joshua Fury or Joshua Wilder sooner. I also think that's kind of BS, right? I, like, how is this a, a fight for the mandatory position only for one fighter? When uh, other than when a guy blows weight, is it? Oh, this this the belt is on the line for one fighter. That it just doesn't make sense. If you beat the other guy, you you know this is Highlander rules. You know you 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 would take his soul. And this really was a soul-taking knockout, and you get to move on from there. Should you choose? I also, I it took a piece can you of his soul. Can you think, Brian, of other instances where a fight like this, uh, a fight between two contenders, had rematch clauses like this one? I guess no. does. What? Well, no. It no. seems like when a champ loses his belt, okay, yeah, yeah, we can have a rematch clause. But this is if you this happen is... to beat Dillian White, who is favored to beat you. Then you have to fight him again. What kind of sense does that make? Look, if they signed it and they get to make more money, good for them. Yeah, but you know about boxing and ethics. Sorry to cut you off there. You get what I'm saying right there. Uh, Rafe, let's get into the weekend preview. Let's bring this. Let's drive this thing back into the garage where it belongs here. Uh, We saw the battle from Queensland, but we have an interesting weekend going on. Uh, August 26th. What the hell date is that? What day of the week is that? Today. That's that's today. Oh, good God. Uh, On the plus from Wakefield, England, Lewis Crocker. And Lewis Green are going to give us 10 rounds of welterweights for the Battle of Lewis. Is it going to be a crocker? A, 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 a proper cracker? Betty Crocker. Uh, Lee McGregor in the undercard. Is that Connor's uh, brother? Is, right. it? It, it is it? It sounds familiar, the name. I don't know. Man. Friday night, another Telemundo fight from Florida that you don't care about. Uh, the ESPN. See, maybe I need to get off the Steve Kim ESPN schedule and go on to Dan Rayfield's Facebook page. You're you right. know you got to do yeah, that. You know right. who, you know there's only one the man, and it's Dan the man. Yeah, all right. Well, hey, Saturday, this fight matters. Uh, bonus podcast this week, just a reminder, interviews with the, the big-time players involved. Las Vegas, the plus. Rafe, one of the best fights of the year on paper. Seriously, the greatest fight. Or not of the year, but of the quarantine. One of the best damn quarantine fights. Jose Ramirez, the BC, the BO, 140 titles on the line. Third time's a charm trying to make this fight with Victor Postal. Rafe, people like Jose Ramirez a lot in this. How much does your man Postal have left? I like him a lot, too. I think that he, even in his recent losses against Josh Taylor, what, a couple of years ago, and going all the way back to, well, he didn't, he just got beat by Bud, by Bud Crawford. Which, Taylor. Taylor fight was good, man. Yeah, I look. The, the, if you just look at BoxRec and check out the scorecards on that, you'd be like, oh, Taylor, you know, Taylor, Taylor was in control. No. If you were watching that fight, it looks like Postol dominates the first four rounds or so, not dominates, but just seems to be clearly ahead, even though judges weren't necessarily giving him those rounds. And then Taylor really needs to battle back in the second half of that fight and get a knockdown to seal the win and feel like he deserved it. And he did. But it was a tough fight. And Postol, we've never seen him uh you know not come correct in a fight even yeah he he didn't really go for it against Crawford but that he was just out of his league there other than that Postol has always been a tough out and I think that he will be for uh for Jose Ramirez because you know he can box he's smart he's not afraid to dirty it up and hold right when when he fought Matisse he he was he was just grabbing the hell out of Matisse tiring him out until he got a chance to land that shot that ended the fight and and now Ramirez I think we've seen is has a a better fighting spirit than uh Lucas Matisse did and that he he's not going to be discouraged and let the same kind of fate come after him but 
I think this, and we've seen that he can be, Ramirez can be countered and outboxed a little bit by a clever fighter like uh, Jose Cepeda did. And Postol has a little bit of that with him. He's also super tall and weird looking and has interesting male pattern baldness. And I think that could also be part of this fight that, that, that something that Jose Ramirez will have to deal with in the ring. It's an awesome fight. I love Ramirez too. I, I can't wait. Ramirez is going to put on the pressure, punches and bunches. It's going to come down to that sharp counterpunching style from Postal. Will he give Jose Ramirez any reason not to be to be in that ass? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think it will be a really competitive, fun fight to watch. I think a lot of us will have it scored very close. 7-5, 8-6, maybe a couple draw scorecards. And then the judges, the top-ranked judges, will read their scorecards. Oh, how dare you? Well, this and ain't, this ain't PBC. Jose Ramirez will retain his titles with a wide points victory. Yeah, uh, Evan Corn has probably already tweeted that I scored this Saturday's fight 120 to 106 for Jose Zepeda. Yes, thank you. All right. Uh, the Iceman, Victor Postal, 36 years old. Uh, so this may be the last major opportunity. Uh, we're trying to build towards Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez. Taylor has a uh, has a fight coming up against... Uh, a uh, Thailand guy, I think, right? Song, song. Yes, yeah, that is made. Uh, King Kong, Song September. Dog? Yeah, yeah, that was not disrespectful. Sorry, I just can't pronounce the guy's name. All right, maybe it was a little disrespectful. I take it back, okay? I apologize on the air. Thank you very much. Uh, two wins in a row for Postal since the Taylor loss against guys you probably haven't heard of. Mohammed Mamouni, you know, whatever, whatever. All right, Rafe, also this weekend, uh, Saturday on the Plus, Daniel Dubois going to take a seemingly unnecessary stay busy fight ahead of that uh, why don't they just do that other fight already? The Joe Joyce Dubois fight. He's going to take on Ricardo Snijder's ten round, twelve rounds heavyweights. I, you know, whatever. You in? You in on it? I, I'm in on Dubois. He, he, look, it's it's going to be quick with Dubois. We've seen Dubois against, um, you know, in smash in in smash fights because it's squash fights. I knew it's not sm- no, no, not smash fights, squash fights before. <laughs> and um, he, he, it's fun. It's over in two or three rounds, and he'll have another knockout. So, I, I yeah, I like that. All right. Also on Saturday, uh, I think there's some question if this card will happen, but on CBS Sports Network, a cable channel I do subscribe oh, to. Oh, very nice. From Biloxi, Mississippi. Remember uh, Ivgen Kirchrov? How do you pronounce that? Kirchrov? Uh, Kirchrov, yeah, I guess. Yeah, super middleweights. He's going to take on uh, Devin Alexander's brother, the guy who got out of the can, Vaughn Alexander. Would that's you, that's the fun little that's yeah, a fun competitive I'd, matchup. I'd watch that business. Keytrov used to be a, a Mike Mike Tyson baby. He used to promote him, right? What happened? I did, think so. Yeah. Well, he lose? he lost. He got upset by ah. Uh, was it Aleem? I would tell you. Might have been Emmanuel Aleem. He got upset, and then he went into what? Not he went into like some contender type show and was the fav- favorite there, and he lost that. He's twenty and, and two. He lost to Brandon Adams in 2018. You're right. The contender champion lost to Emmanuel Aleem in 2017. Um, he's just stopped a bunch of guys you haven't heard of in the meantime. All right. That's interesting. I'll, I'll check that out. And then the other card is Saturday Fox, right? Big Fox. All right. Here's another one of these potential one-siders, but you never know. Arislandi Lara is going to de- defend his WBA regular junior middleweight title against Greg Vendetti. Now, before I get into this, uh, this, uh, tennis shoe wearing uh nazi tattooed uh european guy he's fighting laura is 37 he's been in some wars with castaño and Hurd. he just did a boxing scene article with jake donovan where he says i want to give the fans as fun of fights as i can to close my career 
Rafe, that's totally the opposite of the old Lara that we know. Now he has to fight action style because he's, the legs are slowing down. Uh, could this be a sneaky good fight, or is this going to be Porter Formella all over again? Greg Vendetti, just so you know, 30-year-old, he's not some Italian guy. What's wrong? He's from Massachusetts. He's 22-3-1. and one. Oh, a, 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 a real Tommy Carpensi type. Yeah, he lo- he got knocked out by Michelle Soro in 2018, and he lost to some guys. He lost to a guy who was 3-13. and 13. Good Lord. Uh, he Oh, he beat Yoshihiro Kamigai in 2018. Oh. They should have um, just got Kamigai for this fight, right? Kamigai is washed, man. He was done. The, the, him and JSK took everything from each other. All right, this guy's a proper New Englander. Shout out to Greg Vendetti. I don't hate him anymore. Um, so that fight's gonna happen, Ray. If you got any thoughts, would you say that the the the, the Massachusetts guy is more to your liking? I would say that, but no, I, I you know I've always loved me some Mister America. Uh, what does he call himself? The American Dream, Arislandi Lara. I never yeah, look, look. Have I seen him lose? Yes or no? Have I seen him lose? I don't think I don't know if I have either. All right, that's what I thought. Thank you, uh, Brian. I think that this will look like Lara's fight against uh, Canelo's brother. Okay. He's going to beat him easily. He's yeah, going to probably. send him. Uh, I care about this co-main. You do. You don't much. But Wash Alfredo Angulo in there against our guy Caleb Truax of Minnesota beer fame. Uh, the winner will get a title shot against. Why? It seems like so. This is an IBF eliminator. That means that's that's Caleb plants oh, title god. oh my god are we slow playing the caleb super bowl this is what we're doing on, on pbc right we're slow hey, look, playing the caleb seems super possible bowl. good lord uh yeah because caleb plant almost fought alfredo angulo but instead he and everyone was like no no please no 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 uh, let's let's have some sense and decency here here's the deal they pulled it back now there might ha- it might happen again you cannot stop this train from coming through we thought angulo was done but he sat in the detention center there down by the border and then came out and and, and beat peter quillen you know so uh, did you happen to see peter quillen's recent fishing photo as a fan of boxing fishing photos he oh. has a classic oh, out there oh my god I he's saw... double fisting giant fishes i love peter quillen i love him great guy i love him i don't care that people hate him i don't know why people hate him what because he's honest because he's himself why do people hate i get why they hate other fighters right they put smiley his... face tattoo on his shoulder so that that's hard that, that's just one of those things you're like really really man he also he ate hype, oh, way overhyped way overhyped i am so all of these oh, guys who trained him. in new york and all the bankers loved I, that's why nobody likes them you go to barclays and there's a, a entire front section is filled with wall street douchebags and they're all going yeah pity yeah pity like it makes them feel like a man to watch some boxing I think it's because he gave. These are all guys who get emasculated by Eric Kelly on the daily. Wow, uh, the great, um, the great Alan Hearns Heyman told him to give up that title rather than fight Korobov that time, right? And then, and then he got the title shot against Andy Lee, but it was a weird draw, and then he uh, got sent to hell by Daniel Jacobs. So that's what happened. <laughs> Korobov's about thirty-eight and drunk. He loves drink. That is true. Forgot that one. Yeah, yeah, that is true. All right. Hey, this is going to be a good Billy Joe is such a dirtbag. He really is. Uh, I am into it, though. I'm told by by my coworker, Brent Brookhouse of CBS Sports, that I should tune into this cracker, this potential plus cracker today involving those Brits I told you about, uh, Lewis Crocker and Lewis Green. So we'll we'll see what happens right there. All right. Amen to that. That's it for the show. Check out the bonus pod. You wait right there. You stop right there, Brian. I want to pick your brain. I got for old times' sake. Let yeah, me yeah. run one, throw one thing at you. 
something we used to do around these parts you, called what loads, would right? it look like? Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna pull a. Uh, who's that one-eyed fighter that we like? One thing that he did wrong tonight was he just oh, he just do he do his load, you know. Thank you. Okay, keep going. There was a, there we did we did miss a load watch this week on the Fox broadcast. Um, no, Brian, a classic. What would it look like? Because watching Tim Zhu this morning got the juices, the boxeo juices flowing big time, and this is one we haven't done at junior junior welterweight Manny Pacquiao mm. fighting Costa Zhu. Oh wow, matchup Monday! Wow, I thought you were going to try to get Manny into a fight with uh, Tim Zoo there at. Uh... No, no. Well, it got me thinking about you know Tim Zoo's daddy, who I love. Uh, and... That I mean, look, that's that's as great. That's really seriously historically, that's one of those like as great of a fight as you can make, right? I mean, okay, maybe maybe prime thirty-five Manny against Roberto Duran of seventy-five is better, but this is a great ass fight. I mean, th- is this as good as uh, Manny Valero, the fight that never happened? I think it's probably better than that. I know that it was not as built up because yeah. Edwin sent just... himself to hell that time. Um, it's not fun. No, that's not. No, 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 no. Uh, dude, that's such a great fight. But like that, ver- that, that short version of Manny at one forty. So you're basically taking the guy from the Hatton fight, right? Yeah. Look, I like we know that he only had the one fight against Hatton, but could have been fighting there for basically his entire forty-seven run. <sighs> Like, Costa Zoo has the answer, right? Marquez had does the have that answer. Marquez had the answer because he could sit there. He had, a, he had to go to the Mexican pharmacy first, but he could sit there and punch with Manny. But he could he could humble Manny with that counter punch. Uh, Costa Zoo has a stick. I mean, you know, I mean, he had he had uh, he had Zab Judah doing the uh, the cabbage patch there with Jane 80. I mean, uh, <laughs> are, am I crazy to think that 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 Costa Zoo could hurt Manny early and get him off of that pressure style and have a chance to win a decision? Uh, I don't, I, I think that is unlikely because when, whoever did that to Manny before 2012, before he got knocked out by Marquez. Yeah. He got more cautious after that. But if we're talking about any version of Manny that, that comes before then, uh, I don't think, I don't care what you hit him with. He's going, even if you knock him down, hurt him, he just gets back up pumps so you know bangs his fist together and you know bites his does his flexes his jaw and then dives back in now zoo obviously could just crack him again i think he could win by knockout i think it's either you know i think i think somebody's somebody's getting stopped in that fight and it's either on a beautiful perfect counter punch that catches manny coming in from zoo or it is the or it's it's just the the too much speed you know he can't handle your speed. So I look before he's he, before he had Zab doing the 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 the, the cabbage patch. You know, Zoo landed some shots. I mean, you know, Zab landed some shots. He was he he looked like he might be in a you can't he can't handle your speed situation. So I think one one guy gets stopped, and it really ha- comes down to does one of those really really heavy, perfect crisp right hands from Costa Zoo catch Manny. Dude, I was just thinking of like Costa Zoo as like unbeatable in his prime. Then I'm like, hey, remember that Vince Phil- that Vince Phillips upset knockout? That was wild, dude. I don't know. That'd be a great fight. Uh, it's kind of hard to bet against Manny at that point, but yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna take Costa Zoo. I'm gonna take it. Hey, Rafe. Um, I'm I'm looking at a real quick uh, Yahoo Australia article, and I I did want to bring this up and I forgot to. Where the hell was Costa Zoo? 
Oh, I read about that. His, yeah, what is he, going on? He there? lives in he lives in Russia now. He has a new family. He's still in touch with Tim Zhu, but is not like involved in his boxing career. It's the headline is ugly family split behind famous father's zoo horn fight snub. That just means he didn't go to the fight, right? But is he? Is he I I read that. Uh, it looks see that sounds like there is some. I wouldn't know about ugly, oh, yeah. but some Tim animosity Zim. between him and his ex-wife uh, Natalia, who is Tim's mother. But other than and, and even that, the quotes in the story I read were just like, yeah, he has his own life now, and he isn't really a big part of ours here. Which well, look, that that that's their family. They have some. I'm sure that they. But it doesn't. It doesn't. You don't read it and think, oh my god, I can't believe they're, they're airing. It's not like reading a a Joette Gonzalez story yes. where the whole family is just airing each other out. Like, and you're, it hurts to read. This is just like, all right, this family is not together anymore. Okay. Tim did tell the Sydney morning Herald, my dad supports me no matter what, from where he is. Uh, wow. Okay. I bet, I bet Costa was getting in that ass. That's why things broke apart. You know what I'm saying? And then whose ass? Well, that's, that's the, that's the question, right? You know, if I fa- I do favor the Russian in that one. Yeah. All right. Hey, we got to get out of here. Great show this week, Rafe. Um, I'm willing to continue this nonsense with you, whatever platform we're on. Okay. I don't care if you take me back to Snapchat, bro. I think we gotta go. We, we gotta do either Instagram or TikTok now to, to increase our audience. I don't care if you want to uh, do only pick the fans. wrong platform, do Holmes. Do, a, do you want to start an OnlyFans thing for the kid for the uh, for the the hardcores? Jeez, I don't. I'm more I mean, of a softcore guy, but if you want to go hardcore on that, you know, yeah. I, I didn't even think of that. That's a that's 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 another level. Yeah, maybe we'll go Patreon and we'll get like ten aggressive followers to just pay us. All right. I mean, that, whatever. We wouldn't be much different for me. <laughs> to me, it's complete poppycock. Thank you, uh, thank you, Richard Dwyer. Thank you, Morning Combat, my other wife. Thank you, the State of Combat. For as long as it's in your ear hole, it's coming. Okay. Yes. That was kind of weird. Uh, follow Rafe at usbets.com, right? Betus.com. Uh, usbets.com. Mibets.com. Okay. Uh, you wait. Raskin has a history of being. An anonymous, I don't want to out him, but being, I don't want to pull him out of that closet, but an anonymous Twitter guy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, there is some history there. I mean, he wasn't an anonymous Twitter guy. He was, he, he wrote the, the Jim Bag column yeah, at, at the ring. Well, you know, uh, I wonder if he's the, the quality bloke. I would, I, I could see it happening. Maybe James Foley. Maybe he's a wolf in sheep's clothing this whole time. The Foley minute is alive. Wow. All right. The follow punch is back. Uh, for Rafe Bartholomew, it's your boy, BC. Check out my extra interviews this week. Uh, you know, why don't you check yourself before you wreck yourself, Rafe? Amen. All right. That's it. It's over. That's it. We out. Okay? Nothing? We out. All right. That's it. Thanks. We out. Okay. Okay.